Welcome to Simple Theology. Welcome to Simple Theology, Yep, podcast connecting theology to everyday life by examining various doctrines of the Christian faith. I'm Rick Romlick. And I'm Robert Kane. <laughs> We're glad you're here with us today. Yes, we are. We have some very important <laughs> So I heard, uh, heard someone do a national anthem today. Wait, what? Where? It was a event that our church was helping out at. It, was, oh, okay. it wasn't anybody at the church or anything like that, so... But it was somebody who was helping with the event. They did yes. the national anthem, and it's like a rodeo or something. No, why? You think the national anthem is only done at rodeos? No, but like, what were you? What, what? You guys are holding on the event. National anthem song must have been a rodeo. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> it's America. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying it's it's fall. It's Saturday. It was an event with your church, but not it your church. It would be a better. You would have a higher probability of it being a college football game than it being a rodeo. Yeah, but usually churches don't do college football games. They do a lot of <laughs> Might rodeos. Might be surprised. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, sorry. But anyway, this this national anthem. I mean, it was it was bad. Was it really? It was it was uh, up there. It was I up feel, there. In some I always feel bad for like, people. It the tone tone like not only so you know how people will sing a song right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I know that. And it'll sound like the song, but the pitch will just be really bad. Yeah, they're they don't hit the right notes. Yeah, yeah. So and then other people will sing a song. And it'll have the same lyrics, but it won't even have the same like melody. Yeah, it's just like the words are the same. Yes, and there's people who the sing your song who don't even know the words. Yeah, that's embarrassing. That, too. That's bad. So that, that didn't happen. Yeah, so this person, the, the vocals weren't there, mm. and it didn't even like it didn't come together for me. It didn't even sound like the melody of the national anthem. Okay. So you couldn't even like hum it with them. No, yeah. no. I was like, where did they hear this version? <laughs> like, this is odd. It's a revisionist history national anthem. <laughs> yeah, and there's there's more I can tell you off air about that, but yeah. um, so I've because I'm a person who I I listen to music. You know, I love growing up in church worship music. You know, I'm the guy who loved all those like hideous '90s worship songs. I'll still jam out to them. But here's the thing: I, I realized about myself, I can sing a song for years, years and years and years, like monthly and then if i were to go sing it on my own i couldn't do it yeah like i don't know the words oh, i don't know yeah. what order they go in yeah but i, like, I can piece it together so so here's the thing about that like the national anthem everyone knows the national anthem but sometimes like if you had to just say it or sing it like you know if i had to sing it boom, right now, i don't think i could do it it's it's quite a thought like it's yeah. pretty but it's, it's like the 50 states like if someone says like is such and such a state you'd say yeah that's a state but they said, okay, without any help, list the 50 states. Like, very few people can do that. I bet you could do it. I don't know. I think you just... You, you just, just gotta, always forget one, or you forget yeah, a few. Yeah, but but that's like... I get what you're saying. Yeah. But it's a little different, because, like, this is simply a song, and lyrics stick way better than just, mm-hmm. like, facts. So that's why they have songs to memorize the states and the capitals what were, and the presidents. What were some of those uh, hideous 90s songs that no, you sing think, along with? I don't think they're hideous. I think people just make fun of them. Um, Lord, I lift your name on high. Oh yeah, I understand. Um, shine, Jesus, Jesus, shine. Love that one. Which one's that? Shine, Jesus, shine. So the, the song that came to mind for me was the. I, I can't even remember the lyrics now, but it's like shine. Da, 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 da. Oh yeah, newsboys. Da, 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 da. Da, da, the outside da, da, looking for. Yes, <laughs> newsboys. Love newsboys. Oh man. Um, the Captain Crunch one. That was a lot of fun. Captain Crunch. It's called breakfast. Your church. Did your church sing that no, one? No, we didn't quite. Get, we used to get into a big house, man. Mm. That one made a good decade and a half of like preteen ministry. I don't even know what it is. 
big, big house. Oh, my lots goodness gracious. Yes. You can throw a football. Big, big table. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. Whew. That is a throwback. Wow. Praise the Lord. That stuff isn't mm. still You know what? When you mainstream. think about some of that stuff, it's like, you know what? I just need to repent. Because <laughs> some of them are just such terrible theology. Like, where did where did we get this idea? <laughs> Um, Came from a genuine desire of a good thing. Not that they all are, guys. Don't be upset. But anyway, so thanks for sharing about the national anthem. I'm not sure how we got into that. You were singing, and it was terrible. That's what, that's it what was. we opened up. Yep, yep. And that's what made me think of the so, national anthem. I'm Rick. This is Rob. Yeah, Welcome yeah, to yeah. Simple Theology. Mm. And um, we're going to dig into a topic of repentance. Kind of a hostile word uh, this day and age. Yeah. The idea that you should have to repent of almost anything mm. is. Um, one, it's it's offensive. Yeah, and um, it's you should only have to repent if you are you know against homosexuals or you don't love the planet. Like, there's very clear things you should be repenting for, but like none of them have to do with um, offending a creator. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, the very idea that you are telling someone that they need to repent mm-hmm. is saying that they have willingly embraced something that is contrary. To what is good and right and true. Either they've completely misunderstood something and are in the wrong, or they have willingly, openly acknowledged this is wrong and they're and they're following that or embracing that. Yeah. So it's it, it's offensive to be told you got this wrong. Yeah. Do you do you feel like um when when you tell me that I've got stuff wrong, like I, I did the closing bad or something, mm. it's offensive. No. Do you should you repent for that? No. Just tell them the truth. Oh, okay. Speak the truth in love. Okay, so I should repent of it. Yeah. You should repent <laughs> now, about I forgetting repent it wrong. repent to you, or how does that work? Because um, I, I didn't mean, violate I think, the Lord on that. I think at first you should come to me and apologize and ask for forgiveness, okay. and certainly I'll extend it. Um, but then I think you, I think you. you also need to go to the Lord because um, <laughs> he was probably not honored with that terrible <laughs> Okay. So, what, do get, what do you got for repentance? Um, yeah. Seriously, because you're offending me. <laughs> here we go. We, I have a definition here. From Baker. <laughs> Compact Dictionary of Theological Terms. Mm-hmm. So Greg Allison is the one who wrote that. And so this definition says that repentance is one aspect of conversion, the other being faith, which is the human response to the gospel. Repentance is changing one's mind and the life. It involves an acknowledgement that one's thoughts, words, and actions are sinful and thus grievous to God, a sorrow for one's sin, and a decision to break with sin. Though a fully human response, repentance is not merely human because it is prompted by grace. For some, prevenient grace is given to all people, enabling them to repent. For others, saving grace is given only to the elect, enabling them to repent when hearing the gospel. Mm. Preach it. Preach. Preach. So yeah, good so, stuff, good stuff. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we, were, as you, if you've been tuning in, mm-hmm. we, you know we're going through confessions, and we're doing those every other week. We're kind of throwing in some other stuff, but we're talking through the confessions, which is kind of a 
a lengthy process, and this week we are talking about repentance. A couple weeks ago we talked about regeneration, and regeneration being the idea that you are you're made new, you're born again, that's the work the Lord does. And we also talked about how um, that's one of the, the first steps in the process, in the order of salvation, the Lord does, he, he begins to make you new and change your desires. So when as he does that, the natural response to that is repentance. Mm-hmm. You have you're starting to realize, man, like I'm really sinful. I'm really sinful and God's holy. Like this is a problem and I need to repent. I need to like express my sorrow and my grief and turn from that and follow after him. Yeah, absolutely. So we're looking at the abstractive principles. We're looking at the New Hampshire Confession. We're looking at the 1689 Second London Baptist Confession. And we're looking at the 1647 Mm. Westminster Confession. So, just some brief background: the uh, six, or sorry, the Abstract of Principles Mm -hmm. and the New Hampshire are shorter confessions. They've got like a paragraph on each of these topics. The 1689 London and the London Baptist and the uh, Westminster, which is a Presbyterian confession, those two are very long. and they're very, cool. very robust. Yeah, it's wonderful. They're, they're just beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Dude. Had a conversation about that in the last one. Buttes. They're yeah. real buttes. Whether, whether it's a super long confession <laughs> or, or short a confession. shorter one. You know what? Like Both are equally yes. beautiful and, and equally loved. Different People have different attractions, you know? That's right. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> confession for, for all people. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, and just again, for the background, the 1689 obviously came after the 1647. So the Second London Baptist Confession came after the Westminster Confession. So the Presbyterians wrote their big, robust Mm -hmm. confession of faith prior to the Baptist. The Baptist said, we went in on that because that's a really good confession, but we obviously disagree on things like baby baptism and church ecclesiology. And so therefore, we're going to take what's good about yours, Mm -hmm. which is like 90% of it, Mm -hmm. and then we're going to uh, just make that other 10% better. And go. that's basically what they did. That's, so that's, that's what we have. Yep. So anyway, Just here we go. A couple hundred years. So we have been comparing these kind of to one another, but we are going off of the order of yeah. the abstract principles. It's kind of like our baseline. Yeah. So yeah. it's a it's a confession that uh, we we embrace and are very grateful for. So I'm going to read the abstract principles, and then we can kind of head into the other ones as well. So it says. Repentance is an evangelical grace, wherein a person, being by the Holy Spirit, made sensible of the manifold evil of his sin, humbleth himself for it with godly sorrow, detestation of it, and self-abhorrence, with a purpose and endeavor to walk before God so as to please him in all things. That's a lot. It is a lot. Usually, the abstract is kind of more simple and clear. It's obviously shorter, but it's... It's decently complex, like confusing. So, I mean, you want to march through it, or you just want to kind of want to pull out a couple things? Uh, let's just skip it, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, so I'm going I'm to start from the top with a couple things. It talks about Take how it, from the top. It, is, it's, it is a grace where a person being, you know, from the Holy Spirit, made sensible or made aware of the evils and the sin in his life, um, is then brought to, like, sorrow and, and, and realizes, man, like, God is so good. How can I continue in my sin, mm-hmm. right? So the way this this plays itself out is we just see people simply becoming aware, like, man, I don't, 
my heart is like sinful and I have desires that aren't good. Well, before the regeneration, before God changes your heart, you're like, eh, it's fine. It's fine to have different sexual partners. It's fine to get drunk. It's fine to, you know, just kind of screw around and do whatever with your life and waste your time. And then, then the Lord changes your heart. It's a grace he has for us. And you're like, man, like that's not right. Yeah. It begins to work those slow things, and you begin to ch- change and turn from that. Yeah, one degree of glory to the next. Mm-hmm. One of the portions in, in the abstract that I appreciate is that they talk about that person that you were just saying, who, as they slowly change, as they realize um, the, the weight of their sin and how offensive it is to God, it puts in there their attitude towards it. So it says they humble themselves with godly sorrow, so their sorrow that they have for offending God, for rebelling against God. And then it says that they have detestation of it. Is that like gestation? No. Can we get a definition on detestation? I can give you my definition, which is going to be subpar. However, it's going to get the point across that they hate their sin, that they detest it. So they, I have a quote here from Paul Washer. We were talking about him on an earlier episode, but Paul Washer says, to put it simply, the Christian now loves the God he once hated and hates the self he once loved. He now desires the righteousness he once spurned and despises the unrighteousness of which he once boasted. So we have a new relationship to our sin. Instead of pursuing it and embracing it and loving it, we now hate it, run from it, and detest it. And instead of being a rebel to our creator, our God, who has laid down, um, who has given us uh, his laws, given us his word as to how his creation is supposed to live in harmony with him, um, instead of rebelling against that and choosing our own way and loving ourselves, we now love him and his law is a delight to us and we seek to walk in ways that are honoring to him. Yeah, I think it's a great question to ask ourselves as believers, no matter where you're at in your walk, do I detest, do I have this detestation for the things of the world and for sin? Do I have almost a hatred, uh, I'm repulsed by it? Now, when you ask that question, you know like you're still struggling with sin. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I'm completely pure and I just I have nothing to do with it, like I don't touch it. Because we are sinful beings. Yeah. But do you have in your heart just a despise for it? And does a, a, this repulse that like, man, I, like, I don't even want to go there. Or do you do you find yourself kind of playing with the line of like, what? I'm not quite sinning. I'm not mm-hmm. like, where's the line at? You know, do you have that just instant gut reaction of like, man, I can't, I can't be doing that. I don't, I don't, I don't want anything to do with that. Because there will be seasons where you're like you're starting to allow thoughts, ideas into your head that are sinful. And you entertain those long enough, they become actions. Yeah. Right. I mean, and they're sinful at thoughts, right? It's wrong. It's the it's allowing that desire to that is against God. And so, just asking that question, man, do I have a heart of repentance? And then, just practically, am I repenting? Yeah. Right? Did I? Is there the initial repentance in my? salvation within my I'm continuing to repent of my sin to my fellow brothers or sisters in Christ. Yeah. So now, there is a portion of the sixteen eighty nine and the sixteen 
47. So there's a portion of the London Baptist Confession and the Westminster Confession where they both say essentially the same thing, and it's in section 4 of so long. their chapter um, on repentance, which is chapter 15. It's chapter 15 for both of them. Like I said, they are essentially carbon copies section with some differences. Uh, chapter 15, section 4, and it says at the... Um, Well, let me read the whole thing here. Read it all. Section 4, not Mm. the whole chapter. Section 4 says, As repentance is to be continued through the whole course of our lives, upon the account of the body of death and the mentions thereof, so it is every man's duty to repent of his particular known sins particularly. (laughs) That's a beautiful statement. (laughs) It is. Repent of his particular known sins particularly. So just pulling a few things out there. First off, Shouldn't have to be said, but in the culture we live in, when it says um, it is every man's duty, that means mankind. Right. Okay, we're not saying that it's just a male female thing. <laughs> Only so, men must repent. Yeah, don't don't yeah don't take it that way. Um, it's mankind. So it's every person's duty to repent of their particular. So not just sin in general, but their particular known sins. Because sometimes we have blind spots. Sometimes we don't realize that we are um, actively rebelling against God until it's revealed to us in his word that we are. So, mm-hmm. and that will, maybe that'll come the first time you read through a section of scripture, and then maybe you'll read through that same section of scripture 20 years down the road, road and it's it's the 30th time you've read through right. that, and you just right. now realize, oh my goodness, I have been rebelling against God in this area of my life, which praise God that he reveals that to you. That's a work of the Holy Spirit, and it's a gift from God to reveal that to you. So, um, not only is it every person's duty to repent of their particular sins, not just sins in general, but their known sins. Specific yep, sins. Particularly. Particularly. Specifically. Yeah. Like, call detailed. out. Like, yeah. Repent, talk to God, ask for forgiveness of not just general sin. Lord, yeah. I, I don't have been Dude, sinful. We, we do this all the time where it's like, hey, Rob, just pray for me. I just struggle a little bit to. Just, you know, keep my eyes to stay pure in my thoughts. Yeah. It's like, okay, that's true. But the like, are you lusting after a woman at work? Are you lusting, is it stuff you're looking at on the computer, on your phone? Yeah. Is it, you know, like, there's a lot of different things that means. But you're just kind of being like, hey, like, pray for me. Just uh, keep my heart pure. Like, you know, and, and like you're saying, like, no, you, you get detailed. Because I had this conversation with, with our, our elders the other day, like, the three of us are talking about how important repentance is to one another. And the, the one, the power when you like, not to get weird, but when you just, just speak out like, yeah. this is, this was my sin. Like, yeah. this is it. I'm not, I'm not trying to shade it. I'm not trying to like tell a little bit to him, then a little bit to here. And so like, I, I've repented because I've told all of it to, you know, 15 different people. No, like you, you repent to all of it. And then detail. And you don't have to get like, you know, crazy nitty gritty on it. But yeah. you know, it's like, Man, I have pride. Yeah. Like to say, man, I'm just confessing that I have pride and, and then I was you know, I, I was you know, I was preaching and I really wanted people to think, man, Rick's a great preacher. Hmm. Yeah. And, you know, just to be honest and to be like to share what it is, like there's there's so much power and freedom when you do that. And that's the gift. I mean, repentance feels like a duty and it is. It's a command. But there is so much life. When you live as as a repenting person, um, open and free from any condemnation, it's, yeah, it's powerful. absolutely. Well, and, and one of the things, and this is not me saying this because I'm I'm a champ at it or anything like that. In fact, I need to get better at it. But 
um, if if you're new to this, then it's going to be uncomfortable to yeah. confess sin to one another, particularly. Mm-hmm. I think, and it all like I'll just be honest. I think it always will be. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I mean, the only reason I don't say that it always will be is because I could imagine the case where maybe you, after 10, 15 years of confessing mm-hmm. sin to your elders, you're just like, I know that this isn't going to be weird. Yeah, it's it's safer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, I mean, if you are engaging in the act of confessing your sin to one another and it's not uncomfortable, then maybe you're not being particular enough. Right. And obviously, exercise wisdom. We're not your pastors. We're not going to tell you what degree that you have to get niggered. Like, talk to your pastors. Talk to um, friends, close family, like, whatever whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, however, you should not only be confessing your sin to the Lord, first and foremost, mm-hmm. but then also, like, like Rick was saying, like, confess sin to one another and do it particularly. Right. So. Well, I think it's, it's important to remember, like, just— the the command of it and in Acts three nineteen says repent therefore and turn again that your sins may be blotted out. Mm-hmm. So keep in mind repentance isn't a work; it's not a sal- salvific work that that saves us, but it is a a fruit a um, um, identifier that we are regenerate. We are confessing our sin, yeah. and and I would say not like good luck, but it, you're gonna have a hard time finding people. Christians, even mature Christians, who who um, repent well and know how to repent yeah. and know how to like meet with you and repent, because some people err on the like grace covers all things, like don't worry about it, like you can tell me, but like just just grace, 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 which is true, but there's no teeth to it, there's no significance, there's no like yeah, Jesus died for that sin. Do you understand what that means? Yeah. So that's one error, and then the other error is where there is no grace, and it's just like. What if you repent again? You're probably not saved. Yeah, it's like you know, those are two unhealthy, unbiblical mm-hmm. extremes. And so, finding someone or a group of people, if, you're, if it's guys, it's guy. You should be repenting to the guys, to men. If you're a woman, you should be repenting to another woman or some women that you know that are godly, wise, you can trust. Um, but it, it can be really hard to develop those relationships, and so it could be a great opportunity to grow with two other people that you trust. And say, hey, like, I don't think you guys do this well. I don't do it well. You want to learn and work on this together. Um, but the two, like, just really seek it out and then be careful because you need to be careful who you trust with some of this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. But do not do not, not do it because you're the excuse of, oh, well, I just don't have anyone I can repent to. Yeah, so our, our community group, we get together um, – every Tuesday, and we look at um, some questions that help us further think of the sermon, what was preached on Sunday, and to help uh, kind of put more flesh to it and ways we we can live it out, that kind of thing. So we take a a closer look at the sermon. And then afterwards, the guys and girls that we split up, Mm -hmm. and guys go into one room, or maybe they go upstairs, girls stay downstairs, whatever it is. And what we do is we pray for one another. But what something, if you're thinking about doing this, here's what I would encourage. At the beginning of every like life group term or whatever, because we take a few weeks off just so everyone can um, have a little break. But at the beginning, when we get back together, we make it very clear that first time that, hey, what's said here stays here. Yeah, it's like Vegas. Exactly. <laughs> what says here Ironic. stays here. But, but we go an extra step. Yeah. And we say, not only in our group, but like, hey, guys it stays with the guys Mm -hmm. the last thing we need is some guy to admit to struggling with pornography Mm -hmm. and one of the husbands say something to the wife and then the whole community group is talking about oh so and so they they struggle with pornography right and everybody but maybe the wife knows and and certainly like 
that would be incredibly unhealthy, but it's also going to undermine that person's willingness to share particular sins Absolutely. in the future. So, yeah. yeah, like if I felt like everything I told Rob automatically goes to Danielle, or if 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 Danielle felt like everything she told Candace automatically goes to me, like that would that would kill most of our relationship. Yeah, not that like we're like super deviant people hiding no, all these things. Yeah, but there's there's the the security of. I, I know Rob and he's a brother and I know it like I need to confess or I need, and it's gonna go to him and it's gonna stay there. Yeah. So one of the things um in the New Hampshire confession, it says we believe that repentance and faith are sacred duties. Sacred duties and also inseparable graces wrought in our souls by the regeneration by the regenerating spirit of God. So as he regenerates us and changes us, there is this this um idea that repentance is this thing brought about by him and it's inseparable you can't you can't say oh i'm regenerated but i don't do i don't practice repentance yeah because repentance and faith and i love how it it it, it says repentance of our sacred duties duties are are things you do actions right well how yeah. is faith a, a duty hmm. how, do I have a, how do i have a duty to well it is a an acting that you're trusting in the lord you know, similarly, we say, well, like, trust the Lord. Well, are you living that out? Well, one way to live out faith is to be a repenting person, saying, I believe the Word. The Word says, when I repent and follow Christ, there's life for me, there's freedom. And so a, a duty, a sacred duty of faith is to be a person who is repenting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, two sides of the same coin. You can't have you can't have faith and not be somebody and not be someone who is engaging in repentance. Yep. The very act of faith is saying that I believe what Jesus and what the scriptures have said. I believe them to be true. I am placing my faith in them. Well, one of the things that they say is to confess your sins. Right. So <clears throat> we are, we and, and repentance isn't a one time thing. It's not something that you do as an introductory act to become a part of the family of God. Right. It, it certainly is part of that. However, it is also something that is an ongoing thing. So, I mean, even when you think of the ordinances of the Lord's Supper and baptism, baptism, yes, is a, is a one-time um, ordinance uh, display of what God has done inwardly, and it's a public confession of the church and of the believer that, yes— uh, this is a believer. However, um, the Lord's Supper is ongoing. Right. And it's an ongoing means of grace. And repentance is something that is one of those things in the Christian life that is ongoing. This isn't yeah. something that you do one time, like baptism. Yeah. It's something that you continue to do. And I, I don't want to say there's there's an element of, um, we see repentance in a lot. I mean, you, you go to a courtroom and you see some kind of sorrow and repentance. But Acts eleven eighteen says, when they heard these things, they fell silent. They glorified God, saying, then to the Gentiles also, God has granted repentance that leads to life. So so Paul's telling about the, the church um, or reaching out and reaching the Gentiles, sorry, Peter, and, and what the Lord's doing among the Gentiles. And the church is saying, look, like God has brought about this this repentance that leads to life. So there's repentance that is, you're, you're sorrowful, you feel bad about it, there's some contrition, but it's not this repentance that 
leads to life. Mm, yeah. And this is where even the, the parable about the, the different the seeds and the soil, where there can be repentance for some people. You man, like this person seems repentant and stuff, but then there is a repentance that leads to life, leads to you surrendering all and following Christ. Yeah, well, Matthew three eight and Luke three eight, um, conveniently both chapter three verse eight, um, talk about producing fruit consistent with repentance. Yeah. And so there there are um there is a difference between sorrow and godly sorrow. Mm-hmm. There is a difference between um feeling bad about something and truly repenting. And so yes, maybe you have had a change of mind. Mm-hmm. However, we're called to bear fruit consistent with that change of mind if it truly is a change of mind. Yeah. So if if we have um, I don't know, maybe maybe we've lied and we uh, are caught in a lie and we repent of that and then we just continue to engage in lying, then we're not bearing fruit consistent with that supposed right. repentance. Right. And so therefore, in the same way that Matthew 7 says that you will know them by their fruits, well, one of the fruits of knowing that repentance is genuine is acting differently right. than you previously did. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, somebody, so oftentimes we can we can almost have like spiritual abuse by saying, well, it looks like they've asked for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. So you should just accept that forgiveness and continue to move on as if it didn't happen. Like almost as if forgiveness is forgetting that it happened. Right. right. That's not the case. Mm-hmm. We could do a whole another episode on, on forgiveness. However, um, what we can do is we can say, yes, I forgive you. However, like, we'll wait and see to see if it's genuine repentance. I'm not just going to give you the my full trust or my my full... Um, right. We'll give them full forgiveness, certainly. Right. However, don't just embrace the fact like, oh, because they said right. they're sorry, all it's of a like sudden... It's like it never happened. Yeah. yeah. I mean, don't, don't go down that road. Like, for instance, right. recently, we talked about it on an earlier episode, recently, Benny Hinn Benny. Has, has repented of the prosperity gospel and the... Um, what is it called? The uh, Word of Faith. Word of Faith movement. Yeah, yeah. that he Idea. espoused. And he said that he believes that it's dishonored the Holy Spirit and that he is repenting from it. And he did it publicly, which was just something that is amazing. Um, however, his uh, nephew, Costi Hinn, who, solid theological guy, he said... Pastor, yeah. Yep, he said, I love my uncle. And I pray that it is genuine, but I'm taking a wait and see approach. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. In yeah. fact, that's a good thing. That's that's, yeah. that's it's judging saying, with like, right yeah. judgment. If it's true, it'll it will show itself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. One of the things, and, and this comes out of the um, the Westminster Confession in, in chapter one or section one, it says repentance to life is an evangelical grace. The doctrine whereof is to be preached by every minister of the gospel as well as that of faith in Christ. So it's this idea that this is a grace that God has given us, but he, they're talking about the evangelistic effort of preaching ministers to, to declare that, but also as just as Christians, as the priesthood of all believers, like we do need to understand what, what repentance is so that as we are uh, shepherding or, or, or doing evangelism with, with unbelievers— and we're trying to show them who Christ is. Like we know what we're looking for. And so when when someone says, "Yeah, like I need Jesus," I'll pray this prayer. And uh, like 
if there's a genuine desire for Jesus, that's great. But if there's not a genuine repentance or even a desire to repent, not that it's going to be like really clear and they're going to sit you down and tell you like the whole doctrine of repentance, but there has to be a, a decent understanding of like I'm just just brokenness over their sin. And so we as believers need to be looking for that as we're doing evangelism and as we're seeing people come to Christ. Because if that doesn't happen, that that's a massive uh, red flag. Yeah, I mean, well, so many churches today are, are just scared to preach about sin. They, It's not something that they want to focus on. I mean, even, right. even um, in the way that we sing our songs, mm-hmm. like so often we just want to sing about the songs praising God for what he has done. But we are missing out on the opportunity to acknowledge that we are a sinful people right. and that we are wanting to walk faithfully in repentance. And, and you can do that through song and we're called to do that through, through preaching. And, and yeah. so if, if, if you're a preacher, brother, do not be scared to talk about repentance. We understand that you may get some pushback initially if you haven't been recently, but what a better thing to get pushback for being faithful than to never receive pushback for being unfaithful. So, push into the the necessity of repentance it is a necessity and you cannot adequately talk about repentance if you don't talk about sin so you have to talk about sin you have to make people aware that they are more flawed than they ever realized but yet more loved than they could ever imagine i don't know if that's a tim keller quote or if that's somewhere i've heard tim keller say it i don't know who actually was the first person to say it, but it's a popular phrase, that you are more flawed and sinful than you ever could could imagine, I but you're also more loved than you could ever realize. Jesus, I think he said something like that. Maybe. Maybe. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, are we yeah. missing anything here? Should we? I'm no, sure I we're mean, missing something. Yeah, we, but, the, I mean, the idea is repentance is a visible, vivid, like, should be this like a real reality. In, the, in a person's conversion, and then... It should be ongoing. Ongoing in, in their maturity, in their discipleship. Yep. And I would just say, like, I... I've been talking with our, our elders, like, we need to be better at being a people of repentance. Yeah, not only to God, um, but also to one another. To one another, absolutely. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, there is a significance where we can just... Like, we will do things, sinful things, and what that's... Like, we'll knowingly do that. What that's saying is, God... Like, you're great, but I'm choosing this. Yeah. We know God's omniscient. He knows all things, right? So, like, we know he is aware we're doing it. So, it's easy to, if we're already violating him there, it's easy to just say, well, I'll repent too. It's fine. Yeah. But it's when you bring in other believers that helps, no, no, like, listen, let me remind you the significance of sin and then yeah. why you need to repent. Yeah. And that keeps your heart soft towards the Lord. Yeah, yeah, and... and Something to point Humble. out in closing here is that um, the difference between confessing your sin mm-hmm. and repenting of your sin mm-hmm. is the action of turning away from yeah. and living differently. Yeah. And That's so great. they're both things that both need to happen. We need to confess our sin to one another. We need to confess our sin to God. And then we need to turn away from that sin and begin walking in a new direction. Um, but just want to throw that out there that um, we— the difference between confessing and repenting is the action of actually walking in that repentance. Because if you're not walking in repentance, if you're not walking in um, a, a new way of walking, right. then you have not yet repented. You've yeah. just confessed that and, you... And be honest. Like, if you're like, brothers, I know I should repent, 
and like confessing and turn from this, but I don't have a whole lot of desire. Like yeah. right now, like I'm just struggling. Like I know I should, and like deep down, I really want to, but there's still like this desire to pursue my sin. Yeah. Like be honest about that. And, and we see this with you know just all the the Christian leaders who who have publicly or sinned, and their public their sin has been brought to light, and there's been a um, not falling away, but they have they have you know been removed from position or whatever. How they handle that. How they repent from that is is super telling. Yeah, when they are genuinely broken and just putting themselves um, before their, the leaders or elders to to administer church discipline and to um, help them heal, when they're willing to do that, like that's a genuine sign of repentance. Mm-hmm. When they are just pulling back and saying, "Okay, fine, well, I don't need you," and and there's saying, "I'm good," things between God and I are good, and, and forget you, and we're doing our own thing, like. That's a sign that there's not a whole lot of repentance. Yeah, there's there's sorrow, and they're they're probably really sad they got caught or whatever, but they're not sad they violated God's law. Yeah. Who He is? Yeah, that's good, man. If you guys want to get get in touch with us, you can head over call to our website. Six one four. Well, hold on a second. We're getting there. Yeah, I was, I was just, excited. I got it. This time. Oh, you do. You, you know what? Take it. You've got this. Head over to the website simpletheology.org. Give us a call. Six one four. Two six six. No, two three three. Ten ninety eight. Six one four. Two three three. Ten ninety eight. I was sitting there thinking. I was wondering if he's going to say six or if he's going to say three. I'm running it down. It's and you three. said six. Um, two, three, three. Ten ninety eight. Six one four. Two three three. Ten ninety eight. You can also go to Instagram. Heyo. And see uh, the page there. Got some hot content coming your way. Um, you can also we're on there at Simple Theology Pod. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook by hashtag using hashtag SimpleTheologyPod. Also, if you guys uh, want to hit some books up, go to audibletrial.com slash simpletheology and sign up for our subscription there. The first month is free. You get a free book. You can cancel anytime. And uh, and keep the book, book forever. And keep the book forever. And we get a little we get a little something from that. Yeah. So that's all we got. Uh, again, Shrit. I wrote the area kind of wrong. Oh. 614-233-1098. <laughs> Leave us um, a message and love to hear from you guys. All right. Peace out, y'all. Go Bucks.